Hello, everyone. You are tuned in to CK Huddle, the podcast that unpacks and simplifies complex money, accounting, and tax topics that impact the bottom line. I'm Ignatius L. Jackson, CPA, and my co-host is Eric Pierre, CPA. We are practicing CPAs with a knack for translating tax and accounting topics into a language that is easily understood. This podcast is for everyone, working professionals, household managers, retirees, business owners, professional athletes, boomerangs, college students, and yes, you. It's time to increase your money management IQ, so let's huddle up. All right, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the CPA Huddle. This is Ignatius L. Jackson, CPA, and I have my wonderful co-host, Mr. Eric Pierre. Eric Pierre. Eric L. Pierre, CPA, since we're using middle initials today. (laughs) (laughs) I always Mr. Mr. Ignatius L. Jackson, CPA. I pretty much always use it because that's how my CPA certificate is registered, and I don't want anybody getting on my butt about it. But anyways, I... (laughs) In hindsight, I so, shouldn't have put so, it in there. So formal. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, well, all right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Today is a wonderful episode. Oh, we are yes. talking about the ill-named uh, bill <laughs> called the Inflation Reduction Act. And I say ill-named because it's very... Um, uh, it doesn't do what it says it's going to do. Um, at least not to a significant point um and probably not for a few years down the line um because of the nature of the stuff that's inside the bill um it probably won't have any significant impact on inflation whatsoever so really it's more of a climate bill um is how i would describe it and also a uh to pay for some of those climate incentives they have uh raised some taxes in certain areas uh related to corporations and so um from that standpoint we are going to drill into some of the specifics of what is included in the bill and then we're going to touch on some of the controversy out there that's been over uh twitter and uh, oh yes on on, even it even made it to greg gutfield's show i'll kind of mention yeah 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 you got a fox news panel yeah we we are going to play that um since it was out in the public domain um when we get to that section we're gonna give a disclaimer right now look we have a lot of fun here at cpa huddle okay some of you all that we mentioned it's because of stuff you put on twitter y'all need to stop taking it personally okay it's nothing personal we're not telling anybody not to do business with you okay we know some of your stances the fact that we even mentioned you you should be thrilled because the fact that we mentioned anything you write on social media is actually pretty cool because we're not a stiff show talking shop 24 hours. Nothing wrong with those other shows. There's some great shows out there. In fact, we're interviewing some podcast hosts next week, Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen. We're interviewing separately, but they do a podcast together. They talk a lot about shop. They're pretty funny as well. So look, we're going to read some tweets later to the, later in this program. We're going to tell you who said it because we want to make sure you know that we didn't make this up. But if you don't like what the tweets are being said that we read, we ask our listeners, you do not harass these people, okay? You do not send them racial epithets, okay? You do not threaten their families. You can make fun of them, but 
let's 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 keep it civil. And I hate that to say that, but this one guy in particular did get some anti anti Semitic messages. Um, he blocked me because he didn't like what I said about him, but I didn't use that kind of language, of course. But I am gonna say, let's let's be respectful. We're a little playful. Have fun. And if you read your tweet, mention you in the show, you should be honored. Because there's a lot of people we could talk about. We mentioned you. We're actually giving you kudos that you did some creative for us to mention on your show. So please relax. <laughs> All right. Disclaimer made. Uh, so <laughs> thank you, Mr. Eric Pierre. So all right <laughs> so let's talk through some of the key provisions of this thing um and actually before we get started so i don't forget i do want to just uh throw out a uh, shout out to um someone by the name of c spalding um on twitter goes by a at symbol of d zero m o c r a c y oh yeah so yeah, yeah, you know yeah. he he had uh gave us some good feedback about the podcast and we appreciated uh, the feedback and he was looking forward to this episode coming out so we can shed some of the our opinions and then some of the truths that we think will come from this and um the facts associated with it and you know just have some fun with it so yeah. here you go good sir this is for you yes so. sir and he's a fellow houstonian so definitely shout out to h town <laughs> hey my astros in first place in the american league Y'all can't see me. I'm wearing a vintage Astros cap with Bun B stuff on it in honor of 713 Day last month with the Houston license place right there. Let's go, Astros. You and your hats. Your hats and your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. What kind of shoes you got on today? I Make got the Jordan. I got the uh, retro Jordan 11 playoff bread. Uh, I don't need to see them. It's okay. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I, I got those on you don't today. Need to, you don't need to take off your shoes. Well, I, I wanted, I feel like today I wanted to have the Michael Jordan intensity since we got a lot to talk about. And we're also, we're going to take on some of the social media uh, chatter. I wanted to be locked in and make sure I was really focused, you know, give credit where credit's due and go okay. from there. And I look, I really look forward to talking about this law. It's, it's, it's really fascinating. <laughs> Some of it's laughable, but, you know, hey, that's what we're here to do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So let's talk through some of the, the finer points of this bill. Let me start this with, generally speaking, um, the, the provisions in this bill are not going to be, to me, beneficial to most people unless you want to go and get some sort of electric vehicle, put some solar on your house or do some sort of energy efficient uh, spending. Um, you're probably not going to see very many benefits from this bill, to be honest. But uh, there are some there are some things in here for those types of people who are really interested to the environment and want to push towards uh, moving towards more clean energy in our country. And, uh, you know, there's also some negatives that are in there that uh, we're going to talk through. So let's first talk about some of the tax raising items that are in the bill Ooh. which helps to pay for some of those green energy credits and uh tax savings and stuff like that that's out there uh that they're trying to do for this bill okay um and uh so first we're going to talk about the 15 percent minimum tax on financial statement which basically means book net income or profit whatever you want to call it 
which essentially will result in about, the estimation is about 200 or so corporations would fall into this 15% minimum tax. And it's going to be for any corporation that has a net income on their books greater than $1 billion. Now, this, um, these are C corporations, correct? C corporations, correct. Okay. So, so yeah, so you're going to find that in a lot of the tax raising stuff they're doing in here, um, in terms of the tax rule changes, this mostly going to be directly affecting C corporations. However, there are indirect effects that we're going to talk through and explain why we do believe that this will impact people who are making less than $400,000 a year, um, which is something that they're touting in this bill or in the summary that says it's not going to raise taxes on those people. It indirectly is absolutely going to raise taxes on those people. Okay. Yeah. So there's basically two tax raising strategies. It's the 15% minimum tax that I just mentioned. The second thing that's in there um, is a 1% excise tax on corporate stock repurchases, uh, basically stock buybacks. Okay. So this oh. has been a, a hot subject for, um, Democrats for the last couple years when he had all these corporations doing stock buybacks and re or repurchases, whatever you want to call it. And mm. so both of these provisions will be effective for years after uh, December 31st of 2022. So not this Ooh. year, but starting in 2023, essentially. So, so can, I, can I ask you a question? Yeah. yeah. Do you actually agree with that? Because, you know, my understanding of stock buybacks were happening when company profits were low so they can raise the value of their shares, right? That were traded. That's why yeah. they were doing this. Do you agree with that excise tax to punish people for <laughs> artificially uh, creating value in their company or that's how people will perceive that i don't but here's the reason why i don't okay yeah. everyone's 401k so even people below four hundred thousand dollars a year yeah uh, retirement accounts everything like uh -huh. that if you're invested in the stock market you mm -hmm. will be impacted by these provisions because what they're doing is disincentivizing companies from doing stock repurchases which increases the stock price which increases the value of your retirement funds yeah they're also disincentivizing or, or reducing the pool of funds that co corporations will have for things like dividends, okay? Wow. Or uh, hiring more employees and stock or pay raises, all that kind of stuff. So the more money that you're taxing a corporation that has thousands of employees, and we're talking about your Walmarts, your, you know, your Targets, Exxon's. your Amazons, your Exxons, yeah. Apple. Apple massive companies that have thousands of employees all across country they're basically taking money from their pool that's available to do other spending including giving more to employees giving money to investors um which you know if you're if you're doing stuff the right way like we've talked about on this show in the past and you're investing in your future you should want to be able to uh, participate and get higher stock prices and dividends and all those advantages yeah. of being an investor so to me, that is ultimately the, the tax, an indirect tax that you are putting on basically every, anybody who has any sort of stock or investment or interest in these corporations that are going to get hit with these new, these two new. Okay. So I, I got another question for you. Yeah. On the face of it, 1% doesn't sound like a whole lot. It uh, doesn't sound like a whole lot. Okay. Huh? But what I, what I what, but what I don't understand. So you 
you have some companies that have multiple billions of dollars of stock repurchase programs, right? Mm-hmm. They're purchasing billions a year. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just say what ten billion. Mm-hmm. What does that equate to? One percent of that's going to be a hundred million dollars. One percent. So, you know, you could say, okay, yeah, maybe that's not a lot of money, but a hundred million dollars is money that could a hundred million dollar penalty for doing that. Could be going to employees. Could be going to investors. And well, but, but some people, but some people, so. you know. Now again. I'm not I'm not a Democrat, okay, but I'm just going to tell you what they're saying. The problem, I think the reason they're do I think part of what they're saying though, you're saying it could go back to employees, but the uh pay rates are not keep up with inflation. Well, that's a whole nother story there, Mr. Okay, but but it's the, clear the, the it's theory clear, of, it's clear. I'm, okay, well there's the a theory, theory of why we even I mean, have we, right, right. There, there there's theory right. Look, we have theory of what <laughs> It's preventing from happening what's actually happened. Again, I'm not I am not on that side of the aisle on these issues. But I I, I can't I, I can't we can't have you know softball hour. I I will say this. I'm surprised that Senator Cinema was okay with this when she fought for the carried interest rule that she got tossed out on a law, by the way. And just remember when we talk about this bill, this bill has not been passed, and there's a chance it may not make it. But they, you know, some people have been trying to do this for a while. Consider midterms. I think that something will get passed because some Democrats have to do this or they're going to be out of office very fast uh, in the areas they represent that are battleground states. But I'm surprised that she allowed this to stay, but fought for the carried interest. I don't know why you can't do both. Because I actually agree that you shouldn't have that carried interest tax. I know a lot of people on the left are pissed at me about that. But I have clients that have carry interest in real estate deals. And the problem is you don't see the money to the to the deal actually so you sell the asset in a real estate or an investment. Okay. I don't mind a dividend tax. I think that's fine. That's a form of income. It may be not quite earned income, but it's still income on investment. But when you're in real estate, certain investments with a carried interest and you have to pay tax on something you haven't received, I think that's bullshit. And I do think the excise tax thing is also bullshit. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. But I just I just had to ask that question because you know I can't I can't let you oh. just I guess I can't let you be comfortable on the mound. Comfortable <laughs> on the mound. <laughs> okay. No, you, you, and those those are the arguments that are are. And another argument that's made is you know you had these corporations that you know got funding and things of that nature and they're buying back their stock and that that's really the big issue i think with the buybacks is you got a lot of people on the democratic side of the idol who believe that that type of program is just wrong and these large corporations shouldn't be doing it now i do agree that you shouldn't be using um you know tax programs and tax dollars to right. buy back you know stock like for example the airlines um that were oh when they got the PS for doing this and yeah, so that was, yeah that was bold so crap. if you have some tax funding that's coming to you obviously you shouldn't be doing this but i mean if you're taking your own profits that you've earned right you're running your business i don't think you should be penalized for um doing that and it does ultimately end up hurting i think other people 
Um, now, in terms of your point on, you know, wages meeting inflation, yes, it's that's a tough thing, and and you have to we have to also consider or think about, um, you know, how long the inflation is going to be here, and how long is is going to be that way, and it's going to be tough. I think it's really tough for any employer, generally speaking, to um, raise wages that quickly by that large of an amount. Um, if they haven't been able to raise their uh, top line prices now, whether they have or not, I don't know. Um, you know, but the, a lot of the reason why top line prices have been raising to me is because, uh, underlying costs and in, including wages, but just costs in general of producing yeah. products has risen, risen so much. And so it's created this steamroll effect. Right. Because the rise of commodity prices, is, yeah. key materials, and then yep. the restrictions uh, during, you know, the COVID restrictions that, you know, by the way, we still have COVID restrictions as, I, you know, as I do ERC work, but some people think I run a chop shop. But anyway, we'll talk about that another day. <laughs> chop it's, shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you saw that. You saw that this weekend. Um, yeah. But yeah, those right. things are causing. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, know. I wouldn't agree that it's a chop shop. You know, I've had my comments on it before, you know, I on how I feel about the ERC, but, um, you know, I, I think there is a lot of abuse out there. And so we'll, we'll of course we, we've played we'll a call where, yeah. yeah, I mean, we've played a call where, you know, that's not my company where they're calling you saying you pre-qualify for ERC. Yeah. And just for, you know, in my quote, quote, ERC chop shop, every intake call is actually recorded. And you can clearly hear us asking about or telling them that, their situation has to tie to government order. Um, in fact, I even recently shared Dan Choden's uh, newsletter about the government order with my team as a reminder that, you know, these things have to tie to government order showing a nominal impact. Now, I think that that does leave a lot of open interpretation. I'll be honest. You know, uh, some people could see some people like Dan could be he could be perceived as doom and gloom i say perceived i'm not saying he is i think he's very good what he does he's a lot more conservative but i do stay in agreement that there has to be government orders but there's a lot of stuff going on that's causing price increases to go up and you are correct because unfortunately you can't necessarily raise wages that fast because if you do that then you end up having to pass off to your customer that fast and that you can have you know some of these businesses will collapse but i do think that companies there's a real problem and then the other side of it as someone who you know we both are employers now i do pay i've paid above market for the longest time but what i can tell you is i've had to get rid of people they're not willing to work since this pandemic that's the flip side um you know workers have it really good right now i understand about some working from home people have worked for me remotely for a long time but some people took advantage of it too far this year and we had to get rid of some people because of that. And as an employer, I do get concerned, but I do pay above market rate. You can talk to the people that work for me. They'll gladly tell you that. I know everybody's like me, but if I were to raise wages 20% suddenly, I'd have to raise my some of my services as high too that fast. And I could go out of business doing that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's always a, a game of 
um, determining that nice price equilibrium. You know, how much can you charge your customers? Uh, what are all your costs? And you have to kind of manage that accordingly. So, but anyway, okay, let's get back to the bill real quick so we can yeah. uh, get through some of these provisions and then we can talk some more about uh, our lovely opinions that everyone enjoys so much. <laughs> I know, um, right? So another tax provision that's in here is they now this one is more so for individuals okay yes they've uh -huh. extended the or they're planning to extend the health care premium tax credit for taxpayers whose household income exceeds 400 percent of the poverty line um and that's going to be extended through 2025. okay so with the american rescue plan act there was some benefits that came from that related to yeah. health insurance premiums that you get through the marketplace um, and that yeah. qualify for some of the premium tax credits out there. So mm -hmm. they're extending some of those provisions through 2025 with this bill. So that one I think is a positive, um, you know, people do need health insurance. And if your job doesn't offer it, I think it's good to kind of help people um, cover some of those costs. So I can kind of yeah. get on board with that one. Yeah, um, that I'm okay with too, because yeah. I don't want overcrowded uh, hospitals. Right, right, right. Yeah. All right. Um, and then it's also going to increase the Section 41 research credit against payroll tax for small businesses. Yes. Now, I didn't get a chance to figure out what that amount is. I know right now it's two hundred fifty thousand. So that's Forbes, what it is right uh, now. I guess what is it? No, going increase to of so the Forbes writer. Oh, an additional two fifty. So it's yeah, not five hundred thousand. Erskine or Matthew Erskine. I'm sorry, Matthew. I've never met you. I apologize if I butcher your last name. I think it's Erskine. He wrote that one of the points is increase of 250000 for the R&D, which is research and development credit that can be applied to payroll taxes for qualified small businesses. So it looks like they're increasing that $250,000, okay, which so is good. Was, so, so, so that's good. That That's a good credit. I think so that would true. make it 500000 total that's available now uh, yes. for these smaller businesses. So in order to yes. get that credit, it's actually only for small businesses that qualify for that credit. Um, I believe your gross revenues have to be below. Was it a couple million? Say, a couple million dollars, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in order to qualify for that credit, and so uh, it's actually pretty beneficial because that helps with employment. So I'm actually in favor of that one. Yeah. I, I, yes. Anything that yeah. incentivizes you to keep your people, I'm for. Okay. So yeah, these are a couple of spending items that I think we're both generally kind of in, in agreement on. Absolutely. As, as an employer, I, I like that. Yeah. And then we get to um, all the clean energy, clean fuel, uh, clean vehicles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So generally speaking, uh, what this is doing is extending some of the tax credits that are available for things like solar for your house uh-huh um yeah tax credits for electric vehicles um, okay. things of that nature so some of the things that are happening here is for electric vehicles as you know right now uh certain manufacturers like tesla for example are no longer eligible for the uh, tax credit for buying an electric vehicle and so what they're doing is getting rid of that cap um is my understanding i could be all yes I yes i haven't read the full thing it's the it's removing the manufacturing limit okay by the way which makes so, sense because ford announced today i think it was ford that their ev f-150 lightning they're increasing it an extra six to eight k 
which probably has to do with this law. I saw that in the elevator. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. I forgot. Just just now, as I heard you talk about, it, it's like, oh, that's why they did that. Yep. I think there's gonna be a tax yep. incentive shortly for buying that. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing is, they're actually providing some incentives in here for manufacturers um, yes. of electric vehicles, especially historically gas-producing manufacturers. So this is going to actually benefit GM, Ford, all those guys. Lexus, Toyota have done gas that are now doing EV to retrofit their facilities. The theory there was they want to be able to keep people employed that historically worked on gas combustion engines and now working on producing electric vehicle. Now, I got I got a question. I, I, so are, are they, okay, so a couple of things. One, are they actually gonna improve the range on these EVs? Because someone like me, you know that drives to Houston a lot, and sometimes drives to Dallas. That that in this heat, you can have a car with EV rating of 300 miles, but with the extreme heat here, it ain't gonna make it. Like even from that, like, right. from I'm in downtown Austin. If I were to drive to um, West Houston, it yep. barely make it with that heat. And that right? is, I think that's the biggest complaint or argument or you know rebuttal to mm -hmm. this whole electric vehicle thing that most people have is it really does suck from a travel standpoint okay so if you're a person that likes to drive a lot well, i'm one of those as well I, I do a lot of driving to california to vegas etc yeah i'm not gonna want to have to stop and sit somewhere for half an hour an hour or whatever just to get more energy in my vehicle so that i can make it the whole way um which Correct. is generally what you have to do if you do, if you don't have enough distance right so whereas a gas station you're refueled within five to ten minutes tops and back on the road so it's it's well, definitely a huge difference in terms of the time so hopefully there's some technology or something that they can create that will shorten that you know recharge life cycle or lengthen the distance i know there's there are and quite the a other few vehicles thing, that are trying to lengthen that distance. I think they're right. I think uh, 500 miles, I would yeah. take a look at EV. Yeah. But then the other thing, too, is that the lithium uh, battery is not recyclable. And yeah. you start stacking those in landfills right now, that stuff leaks, that poisons the water. And then the other thing that I'm concerned about is um, because, you know, look, I like to have clean drink of water. Um, the grid that we have hmm. i live in texas where ERCOT's already problematic with that uh winter storm now that's a once in a lifetime thing but with extreme heat this summer we've had people lose power out here in austin and other major cities in houston so i can't imagine we don't have enough charging stations uh tesla's got the most charging stations obviously um but the distance the you know where you're gonna put the battery um and then because i think in california every car has to be ev by 2030 i believe right now every new car so uh, i think we may have a real energy crisis in our hands in the next few years yeah there's gonna have to be a lot of uh growth on the charging stations in order for this to really take heed and and make strides to be honest and and there's gonna have to be more um consistency you know uh, that's one of the issues with the evs is kind of like cell phones right yeah. the charging cords are different 
for every darn manufacturer just about well the eu you know? i think is about and to so, slap apple but i think apple's about to get slapped by the eu uh and i think eventually they're gonna have to change that here as well because the eu is fine about to, I, I, we both use apple we love apple but yeah i find it annoying that they have a different charging everybody else is now using usb-c except for apple apple uses usb-c to charge beats fit pro and the ipad but not your iphone it's so stupid yeah i hear you yeah. um so yeah it's it's gonna be interesting to kind of see where that goes on the phone side but definitely on the ev side i mean it's i don't think there's really good um consistency in terms of the the ways you can charge your ev so that's going to be another problem you know how do you yeah. solve that and I, I don't know that this bill necessarily covers that issue i think it does you know provide for some credits for production of some of those charging stations but you know it, it's not going to necessarily solve the issue of having uh different you know uh types of cords that are connecting or whatever you want to call it so, yeah. okay so the the two credits that i think are probably most relevant to um people besides solar credit is going to be there's one new change there where they're also going to allow used vehicles used electric vehicles so low-income people we're buying a used electric vehicle because, and I think they had to do this because they realized that there's a lot yeah. of people who can't afford to buy a brand new electric vehicle. Um, so they're buying used vehicles. And so they wanted to provide some incentive to those people that are lower income. And so they're gonna give you, I think $4,000 of a tax credit towards the purchase of a used electric vehicle is kind of- Yeah, with a cap at four grand, 30% yep. or four grand, whichever is lower. The AGI limits is if you're married, 150,000, 112,500 for head of household, and 75 for single. I'm a single father. I'll never meet that threshold. Damn it. <laughs> so come on, you Democrats. Go. You talk about your four to that. 75,000 is not a lot of money today, guys. Nope. So, yeah, so that, that's, I think, the, the key kind of credits that are available out there in the bill. Um, I, I know I haven't talked about the IRS thing yet, but can you think of any other credits or tax increases that I missed? Yeah. Now, if you do the energy improvements right now, the lifetime credit is $500, but they want to put a 1200 annual tax credit. So if, I guess I would assume you put solar panels, they'll give you $1,200 a year. You mentioned manufacturing. We talked about the used car EV um oh and also they're going to extend the non-business energy property credit which is the solar credit for 10 years at a credit rate of 30 percent that's a bit that's a good one it's a good one but you're still okay, connected you to go. your grid if you use solar by the way just i'll let y'all know <laughs> yes you yeah. are uh, so, yeah you're, reduce, you're not you're not quite free you're not quite free from the grid unless you are way out in the country, out way outside of H-Town. You're on the grid. <laughs> yep. So just remember so, that before you spend all that money. So long story short, as you can see from the stuff that's included in this bill, uh, and we haven't talked about the most hotly contested version of, or component of this yet, which is all oh, yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. We're going to get to that here in a second. But as you can see from some of this, they call it the Inflation Reduction Act. 
Um, but if you just think about the stuff that's in here, uh, and you think about where all the price increases are that are affecting the majority of Americans, it's not in electric vehicles, and it's certainly not in solar panels and all this other EV or oh. energy stuff. It's in food, gas, uh -huh. um, supplies, other supplies you need uh -huh. for your house, and all that kind of stuff. Textiles. Inflation. Yep. Okay. And this is doing, to me, absolutely jack to actually help decrease. Nothing's to improve our infrastructure. So, Nothing's to improve the supply yeah. chain. Um, our, our, we had an infrastructure bill. Our roads still suck. Yep. <laughs> can, can, can we uh, spend some money and open up some lanes in Mopac here in Austin? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can we finally finish construction I-35 near downtown Austin? I, I never take 35 because of that. <laughs> yeah they're oh yeah they're the 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 five-year construction plan whatever it is you know i was actually very surprised we have a new freeway that got built here in arizona called oh. the uh, 202 extension oh they built it actually ahead of schedule which i was very shocked about oh i bet the construction uh, company got an incentive to finish ahead of yeah. time there must have been something that happened there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was, they actually finished ahead of schedule. Because normally these construction projects take a lot longer than what they plan for, but they, they got it done on uh, ahead of schedule this time. You, have, you, have you been yeah. on it? Oh, yeah. Have you been on it? Is it good? Yeah. Okay. Nice well, it's just in hey, an hey, area I that I don't frequent very often. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because, right. you know, I'll be back, I'll be back uh, once it cools down over there. I, I look forward to you know, yes. you and my some of my business partners in the ERC Chop Shop, you know, sit there. Right. <laughs> All right. So it's important to note that this bill started out as what they called the Build Back Better bill, um, which had a lot of other BS in there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, free more free money going to uh, individuals, um, additional child tax credit incentives um changes to s corporation taxes and small business taxes stuff like that like direct taxes on those corporations so a lot of that stuff did not actually make it into this uh bill so that's why again i i think it's really more of a climate bill than it is an inflation reduction bill okay yeah. so i'll just throw that out there that there's no stimulus payments no additional change to the child tax credit no additional like erc unfortunately no erc yeah Dang. so no ppp None of that stuff that people, you know, you know, liked receiving, but now are kind of paying the price for it with inflation. So none of that stuff made it into this bill. Okay. Oh, man. So all that being said, let's talk about the most highly contested topic. And I'm gonna oh. let you I'm gonna let you drive this one since you got oh. the most heated components of this. Although I agree with you on a lot of your points. So let's, oh. let's hit it. Oh. Oh, all right, all right, all right. So now, my understanding, Ignatius, now you need to quote me on this, and I'm pulling up because you and I have been texting, and so I want to pull up right before we get to that point. Now, the IRS is looking, as part of the bill, I think they're spending, what, 100, over 100 billion to fund the IRS, correct? Is that- Well, here's here's the breakdown. Yeah, because there's two components of IRS funding. We got 3.2 billion to taxpayer services, 45.6 billion for enforcement, basically audits, right? 
uh-huh. 25.3 billion for operations support. Uh-huh. 4.8 4. billion for systems moder- modernization. Okay. So the enforcement and the operation support are the overwhelming majority of what it is. I think it's about 87 billion total. Let me add it up. 87 billion? Okay. I thought it was over 100, but I, I could be wrong. Uh, okay. I'm only coming up with 79 billion. I See, I had read other places 100 billion. So I so. think it, there's some weird stuff out there, but all right. All right. Let's get so, to yeah. it now. So that's what it's for. And so, yeah, yeah, I'll let you start and I'm going to talk about. Well, okay, I'm going to start by this. The technology is is really necessary. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, do you realize that in 2023, we still have quite a few tax returns that have to be submitted by paper? The IRS has backlog of millions of returns that go back to 2020. I I have two clients that are owed uh, COVID refunds from CARES Act carry backs of at least a quarter million dollars that were burned in a thing. So that I in support of modernization, but if you're gonna modernize it, why are we trying to hire 87,000 more IRS agents? Now this has been hotly contested. In fact, so much. Let's, let, 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 let's not oh. just roll over that. Let's uh, okay. Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven thousand. A billion age. A billion an agent, basically, right? Essentially. So, hey, if I got paid a billion, I'd be an agent too. They could pay me. <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't think they're paying you the billion. Oh, okay. Okay. Damn. <laughs> Damn. All right. So let's let's. What is the current? Uh, number of agents that the IRS has. I don't that I don't I know. Think, I believe I saw something around the lines of seventy five thousand is the current force that the IRS has. That's okay. seventy four thousand too many, if you ask me. So, yeah, really, really, and that, look, and that's the point that I I think I am most irritated about about this is if they change, if they put more effort and time and energy into what you talked about in the modernizing the system, making stuff easier to deal with, making stuff available online, things that late nature, it reduces the need for people to actually contact the IRS if it wasn't so damn complicated to understand what's going on with your taxes. Uh, I so, absolutely, absolutely agree, but not everybody feels yeah. the way we do. It makes I know, just, which I we're, know. About to get, we're about to get there. Yeah. So, so basically what they're doing though, I just wanted to clarify before he continues, is they're more than doubling their workforce is my understanding Yeah. Uh, with this provision. Now, obviously it's gonna take some time to find that many people. I have no idea where we're gonna find all these people because I know most people probably would not want to take that job. Um, well, I, 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 I have an idea, I have an idea. You wanna know where? Go, let's, let's share it. It's gonna be controversial, but hey, Southern border. I did not expect you to say that, but you, you could be right. You very well could be right. Hey, lately so, I've been coming across a lot of agents that can barely speak English. Just, really? Yeah, I'm de- I, dead I serious. Would, I would think that's the requirement to have the position. Well, apparently not. I, I um, And by the way, before you guys decide to flame me about this, I just want to remind you, I am a son of two Haitian immigrants that came here in 6970, didn't know how to speak English, and they picked, figured it out. Don't don't come at me with that BS, yeah. please don't. Don't 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 try. I got all the papers. Carry on. 
No, that I, I was just I, I was just responding to your thought. Yeah, <laughs> I can I could see that. I mean, I there's all kind of issues with our border, but that's a topic for another day. <laughs> so I'll let you continue. <laughs> I know I wanted to make a lot of it because there's a tweet we're gonna read that talks about that. So I just wanted to give foreshadowing. Um, yeah, and then the other thing too is that with that, you know, now some people will think, oh. Great, the IRS is gonna do more enforcement. They're gonna go after more of the wealthy people and their taxes. And... <laughs> Not... why, is, why is that incorrect, Eric? Because <laughs> the IRS themselves admitted that it's easier to go after the little guy than the big guy. They said it themselves. They've said it to Congress. Go Google it, okay? I'm not making this up. Let me tell you why. In fact, I'll tell you why, and I'm going to tell you what I don't like about it as a professional, even though my profession actually stands to benefit from it, but some people are professional have a head up there, you know what, and how they talk about it. But here's the thing. The IRS said they go after the lower to middle income people because they do, they typically do not have the education or the resources to hire someone like myself or Ignatius or say my good friend, John Milikowski, who's a great tax attorney that does defense, okay? That crowd under 200,000, right? So those are the people that the IRS has been squeezing. There's statistics about that. That's who they go after. You double the workforce. Now, when we say under 200,000, we're talking about people, small business owners, because W-2s are pretty straightforward, okay? There is W-2 fraud, but that's easy to catch because you're going to turn in a tax return and they match the W-2 filed by the employer. Those are easy to enforce. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a small business owner, the people who own the small shops. They're taking tax deductions. They're taking, you know, marketing, travel, things that the IRS, I've had my travel expenses audited when I was not making as much money as I am now. The IRS did come after me, but because I'm a CPA, and I used an app to track my mileage to get in the log. The IRS actually said that I didn't take enough miles, but they wouldn't give me the extra deduction. That's how much haters they are, okay? Those kind of expenses, home office, those things that the law allows. And those of you that are pro-IRS going after enforcement, I just want to remind you, the IRS has taken losses with the Supreme Court. There is a case, you can Google this. I have discussed it in my presentation, Ignatius, with Accounting Web. But I'm going to cite it again. A company called CIC Services, which does captive insurance. Captives are on the dirty dozen list. Does not make them illegal. That company successfully beat the IRS nine to nothing. A year ago, Supreme Court, Supreme Court said that the IRS has been abusive in their enforcement of the law. The IRS has been caught creating their own tax laws. And by the way, if you go read that case, the lead Supreme Court justice with the opinion that slammed the IRS was Justice Kagan, who is a liberal judge. Okay. So for those of you tax pros, we're about to read some of your stuff. Y'all have not been doing your homework. I'm just, I just have to be honest. And one of this one guy in particular, uh, I'm going to read his tweet. He's got a big fan base. He's very passionate about what he does. Okay. I'm, I'm certain he's very good at, at his business. We're not knocking his business. Um, he did get some anti-Semitism anti comments. That's inappropriate. 
We just don't agree with his take, but we're going to read it because if it was read on Fox, uh, Fox program, Gutfeld, Greg's a comedian, right? So I'm going to read the actual tweet, okay? And then Anisha says, do you want to play what Gutfeld said about it? Do you have uh, it on your phone? Uh, I'd have to. You don't have it pulled up? I'll, I'll get it pulled up while you're reading it. Yeah. Okay. So this is the tweet that was heard around the world. In fact, a Forbes writer also wrote about this tweet as well. Okay. So this is from Adam Markowitz, who was incorrectly identified as an IRS agent. He's actually an enrolled agent. Okay. Has has his own, uh, has, you know, took over his uh, family's uh, tax practice in Florida. He said, all of my GOP friends who are worried about 87,000 IRS enforcement agents coming after little guy, dot, dot, dot. How about just don't cheat on tax returns? Question mark. A fully truthful and accurate tax return is bulletproof in an audit. I never understood the fear of an IRS audit. Don't lie, period. Yeah, there's so many. Now, now, Inesha showed me this tweet. I I did not know. I actually didn't know about this tweet. So, Inesha sent it to me. We're prepping for this podcast a couple days ago. And I laughed hard. I thought Inesha played a joke on me. And Adam actually said this. Now, Nations, do you want to play what Greg Gutfeld said in response? There's actually other parts of this tweet, but I think I want to let Gutfeld do the talking from here. Yeah, so I, I think it was a uh, interesting... Uh, so it's during his monologue on a show on... Fox News. August 8th. Uh, August 8th. Is Monday. We can just go ahead and play this, and then we can chat about it on the other side. Here's IRS agent Adam Markowitz justifying this new army. He says, quote, all of my GOP friends who are worried about these new IRS agents coming after the little guy. How about just don't cheat on tax returns? A fully truthful and accurate tax return is bulletproof. I never understood the fear of an IRS audit. Well, I like how it's just his imaginary GOP friends (laughs) who fear this new IRS army. And he never understood the fear Well, it's always tantamount of charging you with a crime, and it's up to you to clear yourself of the charge. That's what people fear, you smuck. Bottom line, a person can actually go to jail if they just aren't that organized. Like Kat. But then this agent admits in a later tweet, I get that it's a headache to go through an audit. (laughs) All right. So you, when you get finished being audited by the IRS, it's not your head that's aching, pal. You're at the wrong end of the horse. <laughs> and he's an ass comparing the IRS to the feeling I get from ice cream. Then he adds, and I get that it's costly to go through an audit and nobody ever wins. Well, wait a second, jackass. You just said no one should fear an audit. Then you say exactly why they should fear it. It disrupts your life and nobody ever wins. I got a question for you. What are the property taxes in Fantasy Island where you live? (laughs) But if you have an IQ higher than an artichoke, you must see that by now this country's heading towards a police state where the police state they want your money now. And if you don't see that now, do me a favor and change the channel. I think Fallon is playing beer pong with Harry Connick Jr. right now. All right. Woo! Ouch. Ouch. Dang. A lot to unpack there. So you, you wanna you wanna uh, start this one, or you want me I, to keep going? First, I'm I'm just really I'm really surprised that 
this made it that far you know because to, <laughs> to make it onto fox news like you, you, somewhere along the line something got got into there and i'm just gonna say this mm -hmm. um you know to me if you're gonna come out and make a political statement such as that which essentially that's what it was because he's directly going after a whole basically yeah. party of mm -hmm. you know, po politicians and you know uh, people who support that political party correct uh, gop or the republicans whatever you want to call it right mm -hmm. and you know if you're going to come after that then you have to be willing to accept what's going to come from that i mean politicians have to take this stuff all day long yeah people are saying all kind of crazy stuff about them you just have to kind of brush it off and and move on i mean it is what it is i mean if you if you have that view and you want to take that stance then you have to accept what's going to come from it both the positive and the negative yep. and so my issues though i i think greg gutfield brought up some really good points though yes yes um, he did you know it's it's very hypocritical not hypocritical but uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for contradictory yes agree the statements that he was you know mentioning in his tweets about the 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 fear or the anxiety that comes with you know having an audit done and i mean no one likes to get audited i don't care who you are um you know having someone come in and look at your detailed records um even if it's a remote audit where you're just sending stuff over everybody gets anxious about that and everyone gets worried even if they've done nothing wrong and it is a huge inconvenience and yes. it does cost you money because yeah. most people will not respond to an audit letter without hiring a professional most people you should you should not you should not you really shouldn't because the yeah. irs is notorious as we've mentioned for mm -hmm. overstepping and asking for way too much and causing people to pay way too much in taxes just yeah. because they don't understand the tax law. Correct. So as cited in this, as I cited in Supreme Court case where the you know, for instance, I'm using high high net worth, but again, conservation easements, yes, to be higher and, and but it's example of practice because the IRS has specific guidelines for Conservation is with syndicates to use with the multiples to give taxpayers, and yet they create laws there. They'll do that other areas. <clears throat> yeah, that's not good. In fact, I'm going to read one of the tweets. There's a string, but this is funny since we're talking about this. So Senator Marsha Blackburn, now I don't know where she's from, but this is funny. She wrote on August 7th. The spending spree also includes 80 billion to double the number of IRS agents, practically giving every American a personalized tax auditor. We should be cutting taxes, not increasing them. And then Rachel Vaughn, who is a CPA and part of the tax Twitter community, who I do not know, I'm just simply reading what she said, because she asked a question I'm going to answer for her. She responds to Senator Blackbird, this is the nonsense we're up against tax Twitter. She is my senator. And her untruthful tweets get the crowds riled up against people like Adam Markowitz. Every American gets a personalized auditor. Infuriating. Now, Rachel. Uh, yeah, that tweet by Blackburn is a little sensationalized. I'll agree there. But if you don't know why people are upset at Adam Markowitz, here's another tweet that he said later that Greg Gutfeld didn't read on air, uh, read on his program that we're going to read here. Um, and y'all may have to hit the dump button because it's kind of bad says 
Adam said later, I generally try to learn from what the quote, quote, other side has to say and why they believe it. Today, I've been reminded that people on the internet are just stupid sometimes. But hey, it's been good for some giggles. So Rachel, if, well, if you want to know why people are mad at Adam, I gave you the answer is his own words. Well, there you go. There you go. And and yeah, I agree <laughs> that that tweet from Marsha uh, Blackburn um, yeah. is definitely not accurate. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, I will say the overwhelming majority of tax returns are individual returns that just are simple W-2 returns, no itemized deductions. They might have a few child tax credits from their kids, and that's essentially it. So those returns are not what we're going after for the most part. Uh, And I don't think any of those are going to be really impacted because, again, the IRS has databases and systems that match that stuff up and can easily see if you're reporting all your income. And the only time you'll probably get a letter with that type of return is if you miss something. Let's say you have something odd that happened one year, you sold a house or something like that, and you forgot to report something. Okay. And those are pretty easy to deal with usually. Yeah. Like the 1099S on the sale of a home. Yeah. 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 Those are easy to deal with. Those are common. You know, it happens. Now, the, the like like Eric said, I think the people who are going to get hurt the hardest from this are definitely small business owners, uh, even real estate investors. Yes. Um, you know, cryptocurrency yes. people, that kind of oh. stuff. You're going to see a lot of those people, in which are not are definitely making less than $400,000 a year in most cases mm-hmm. that are going to get hit the most. Um, while I do think they will increase the number of, you know, audits or examinations of people that are making above $400,000 a year, that's not where the bulk of this money is going to come from. No. Because the bulk of the money is going to come from people who are making less than $400,000 a year. Because uh, I will say that um, there are definitely a number of preparers out there that take things too far. I actually had to deal with this recently with a client of mine. Yeah. who was talking to some other joker joker preparer saying that they can get them to pay $10,000 less than what I gave them on the tax return. And I kept asking, okay, well, show me a copy of the tax return so I can compare it. And then I can tell you if we're missing something or not. The other preparer would not give him a copy of the return. That is illegal. And that is likely something fraudulent going on with that return. Okay, you were required mm-hmm. to give someone a copy of their return before you. If do. you've paid, if it's been paid in full, okay. yeah, and you cannot yes. file it. You're not supposed yep. to file until it's been paid and signed by the client. That's signed right. by the client, and the client has it's to circular two thirty of the return. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so you, you got stuff like this. There are some preparers out there that are absolutely doing fraudulent stuff, and that's a whole other issue that needs to be resolved. That has nothing to do with hiring more IRS agents. That Agreed. It has to do with educating these tax preparers and making sure that yeah. we have qualified people doing tax returns. So that's that's yeah. a whole other issue to me. So, but you're going to see some stuff that's going to come from that. Um, and you know, you got the earned income tax credit is probably one of the most highly audited, you know, credits that's out there because people are often trying to abuse that one uh, because it's a refundable credit that you can get um without having to pay any taxes in right so so yeah wow. you're gonna see some stuff there and i i do think that's where they're gonna spend the most of this time i mean there's no way that it takes eighty-seven thousand irs agents to audit only people making more than four hundred thousand dollars a year 
I'm gonna actually pull up the stats while you while you uh, continue talking about something. Okay. To show, now, to explain how many tax returns are filed by people who make over four hundred thousand? Okay. So and while you're looking this up, I'm gonna read some more tweets to just show how. Uh, now, y'all wanna know why did I get the southern border comment? Well, we have a Texas congressman, Dan Crenshaw. I'm not necessarily supportive of his. I'm just simply reading one of his tweets while Ignatius is taking time out. He tweeted. We only have 19,536 Border Patrol agents to secure our southern border. Democrats just voted to hire 87,000 more IRS agents to harass Americans about their taxes. That should tell you all you need to know about the left's priorities. And then Eric Matheny, he's, I don't think, I think he's a podcaster. I'm not sure. Um, He wrote this and he said what you said, Ignatius. Eric wrote, the 87,000 new IRS agents are not looking for costly litigation with billionaires and millionaires in courtrooms. They're looking to put the fear of God into middle-class Americans and small business owners who can't afford to fight back. This is a state-sanctioned armed robbery. I agree with that. Bradley Scott, who is a CPA, as he says, as a CPA, I watched the government shut down many of my small business clients, causing many of them to have to close their doors for good. Now it appears they're going to hire 87,000 IRS agents to go after those that survive. This is a sad time for America. Brad, you're correct. Uh, Frank J. Fleming said, this is the funniest one of all. Um, Maybe to show good faith, as part of the bill to add 87,000 IRS agents, they can add a provision ordering a thorough audit of every member of Congress to show there's nothing to worry about. That one I agree with. Hey, I'll, and, and you know I, what? If they can do that, I'll gladly appoint Adam Markowitz to audit every single Congress person. You know he'll do a thorough job of that. That that he, I, he, that, he would do he would do an awesome job for America. Dead serious. <laughs> Dead serious. That's not a joke. I would recommend him to do that. Uh, the other thing I want to say as well, Ignatius, he showed me um, a guy named Prince Donnell. Is that how you say his name? I think so. Donnell, maybe. I'm Donnell. Sure. Sorry, Prince. If I misspell your last, mispronounce your last name, uh, no offense, but you may, he made a good, if you go to his Instagram, he, he took a series of pictures. This law is impacting business owners making less than 250K. Um, he mentioned the 80,000 here's the problem most of the small business owners in that space that we're talking about 250k and under okay and this is true from our my experience and yours most of them do not he this is what he says so i have to give him credit so i'm not plagiarizing him they don't keep good records they don't file proper tax returns and then they don't separate transactions and now remember if you're a sole proprietor you don't necessarily have to separate transactions but they sole profits are going to be in this crowd. And since the government earns revenue from taxes, penalties, and interest, it is best to go after the group with the higher chances of success. He also says going after rich folk is expensive. They have accountants and lawyers to fight for them in court, costing the government more money to litigate. Small business owners like yourself won't have the resources to fight the government if they target you. What do you do now? Make sure your bookkeeping is extra tight. I'm always preaching for you to hire an accountant so you can focus more on scaling your company. But now more than ever, hire an accountant so they can do it right. 
and you can make more money through buying back your time. Get up to date on tax filings. If your fear is behind on filing personal business tax returns, you can always fix it. Hire an accounting professional who can work with you to get everything filed. Remember, it is, it's only legal to not file. You can set up payment plans. Hiring an accountant was the best thing I could have ever done and allowed me to sleep better at night because I'm less stressed. Focus my time on making money since I don't have to do it. Save money in taxes because I'm professionals. It's a win-win. And then he says, always, as always, I'm going to let it, go ahead and read his little advertising. As always, much success to your business. Need, need an accountant? I launched a member-only firm of experts for entrepreneurs like yourself who desire easy accountant and access to wealth building tools. DM me the word accountant for more information. If you like what Prince Danell said, you can find him on Instagram. It's Prince, P-R-I-N-C-E-D-O-N-N-E-L-L, all one word. On Twitter, he is at Prince Danell with an underscore at the end of his name. Somebody that's willing to share that kind of knowledge, I would recommend you work with. That was awesome. Well done. All right. Thank you for that. Thank you. For that. I, I, and I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, he has a pretty interesting uh, Instagram page. If you, if anybody ever wants to kind of take a look at it, he does a pretty good job. Okay. So I found the stats. So I unfortunately don't have one right at 400,000, but let me just explain to you this. For tax year 2020, there were 164 million tax returns filed. That's a lot of returns. Okay. That is, that is. And of those returns, only six million of that was for income over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Okay, hold on. So let me let me do you want me to calculate that for you real quick? Sure. Do the math on that. Okay. So six million over one sixty-four. So this is just for two hundred is it two hundred thousand? Two hundred and fifty thousand or more. Quarter million more? That's only 3.65%. We'll just say 4%. Now, if you get to 400,000, that's like the 1%. That would probably get closer to 1%, right? Yeah. So 1% of all returns is what we're probably looking at. Um, is the IRS really going to spend all the resources nailing them all in 1%? If you just do the numbers, the answer is absolute hell no. So Prince no. is right about that. He's absolutely no. right. They're crazy. I mean, it, they're they're pulling the wool over people's eyes. Mm -hmm. And they're really good about that, but yeah, of course, all over that. This, this, this stuff reminds me of um, what the government's doing. 1984, you know, like the you know these misnomers, like the Ministry of Love, Double Think. People were really getting hoodwinked um, on this stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I, I, and I don't even think this is a. I'm just gonna be perfectly frank, like. I know Adam Markowitz had his comments, but to me, this isn't even a, a political thing. This is a an American thing. Like, who yeah. in the right mind, you know, wants to pay more taxes than they need to when the country continues to abuse where that money is going? I mean, politicians are abusing it on a daily basis. Insider like, trading, government officials, Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, just don't get me started on Nancy. <laughs> and her husband oh my goodness oh yeah like that is that's way too many coincidences for there not to be something fishy going on okay so it is what it is um 
yeah, you, you got you got a lot of crazy stuff that's happening out there. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't trust any politician. I think they all lie. They all are kind I, of I I, 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 I I agree with you and that I know and I know this I know this first yeah, but I know this first because you know, we've been talking a lot about de- you know, people on the left, but you know, here in Austin, I I have the misfortune to live in the same town as Attorney General Ken Paxton, who is a Republican that attempted to strip the civil rights of clients of mine who were well-to-do white people who voted for that guy and put money in his pocket and he tried to have them illegally arrested. So when we say this, we don't like politicians. This is, I mean, this is a, a Caucasian person I know had Paxton's aides not stepped up. My client would be in jail today, separated from his wife and kids illegally. It's a shame. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, this is, this is definitely not to me a political issue. It's, I can, I can understand wanting to provide more funding to the IRS to modernize those systems and to improve technology. Yes. I, I could even understand maybe hiring a few thousand more people to kind of help answer phones in the meantime. Clear the backlog on returns. Backlogs. Exactly. I, I can understand that. But to say that you're going to hire 87,000 new agents to go and audit people and to boldly lie and say that it's only going to impact people making more than $400,000 a year, it's just absolutely asinine and not truthful. And to me, that's where I start to really lose interest in um, anything that's coming from this bill. And I know we mentioned it earlier, but technically this hasn't passed the House yet. And I'm hoping there's, uh, I think there's some, you know, House Democrats that are probably a little salty that some of their stuff, including the salt tax, um, you know. Oh, yeah. Actually raising the deduction, yeah. raising the deduction, which, which actually so, should be done. I don't, yeah. I don't know why. I never understood why. Well, you know, it's funny. I think a lot of Republicans uh, wanted that salt limit to punish the blue states that didn't support President Trump, if I remember, which is why they actually did it. But it's very uh, possible, but at the same time, uh, but I mean, but even even now, I mean, property tax, but property taxes uh, here in Texas are the highest. I mean, you know, you know, they pay more property tax per, uh, on the value of home than California. They do. Yeah, Texas is definitely one of the highest. I actually pulled up a property tax um, analysis one day, and it's actually not the highest. I believe it's um, one of the highest. It thinks like top three. There's, there's another state that's uh, Florida highest. Um, it's Florida. No, Florida it's actually up- not Florida. Florida Florida's surprisingly up- was pretty low on the list compared Dang, to I- the fact they have no income tax. So, because that's generally what you would see is no income tax states usually have higher property yeah they punish you for owning land right in this case that wasn't the case so but anyways um but essentially (laughs) you know this 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 is absolutely going to impact people that are making less than four hundred thousand dollars a year between the increase in taxes on corporations the new iris auditors are coming out from this etc etc i'm really hoping that even though it's for the wrong reason i'm hoping that some democrats over in the house are like well this doesn't have what i wanted in there so i'm not going to vote yes on this and hopefully it doesn't even pass um that would be the best result but i'm not holding my breath on that i think they'll probably go ahead and toe the party lines like you said because they got the midterm election coming up and they think this might help them even though it's marketed as a as a false statement to me 
it is not the Inflation Reduction Act, like we've said. I no. think it's a false statement they're making in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, yeah, I just don't, I don't know. But people are going to fall for it, yeah. unfortunately, um, that because no one will actually read anything about it. And they'll just believe whatever the media is spouting. And we all know what the media is going to do um, no. because most of those channels are very, very uh, liberal in terms of their leanings, in terms of how they say yeah. stuff and what they say, yep. unfortunately. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. It's uh, it's a shame. Uh, it's <laughs> Inflation Reduction Act, you're going to end up like, stealing people's money. I mean, you know, I've joked on this program that the IRS is like the cartel. Well, this bill passes, it's actually going to happen. And you notice the cartel, yeah. you know, the cartel, they don't mess with, they don't mess with rich people. If you notice that about them, the, you know, unless uh, rich people borrow, borrow money from them, they got to pay it back. Then they go after yeah. them. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, guys like Adam Markowitz, um, you know, your business will probably do very well. Um, but I hope you lie. If this happens, you know, some of your clients, you know, he spoke with me that he works a lot of lower income people. He shared with me in a private message when he was mad at me about something. But that clientele of his that he talks about is going to uh, suffer a lot of unintended consequences. Yeah, even like that's, we... that, that's 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 I, I don't like that. Even I work with primarily high network people. I still have I still have some lower income people I work with that, you know, stayed with me from day one and we gladly serve them like it's not fair to them even even we as professionals are would get hurt by something like this because i don't know i mean i know you're really busy i'm really busy i know a lot of people that i know are already really busy just trying to comply with the regular filing of their returns yeah let alone then having to deal with going through some sort of audit process when nine times out of 10, they're probably not going to find very much unless, you know, the business owner just really did not keep any receipts or any of that stuff. But even, but even today, the IRS, if you use quick, but today, if you use QuickBooks and you tie your bank account and credit card, the IRS will use the MC, the, 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 the transactions that I've helped somebody do an audit without receipts because they rely on QuickBooks and bank statements. They trust the banks now. So you don't even need that. But but the, the thing I'm concerned about that uh, Prince hasn't mentioned, you haven't mentioned, I think some of our tax professionals, I don't think have thought about because I think it's scary, is that we already have an issue with companies that specialize in representation that are predatory, Okay. I'm not going to name them because they could sue, try to come out from a slander. So I'm not going to name them, but you hear the advertisers on the radio, okay? Now, I know some people have been taken by these guys. Because what happens, Ignatius, is that, okay, we're going to get busy. Now, I know someone who's not predatory that I'm going to send this to, John Milikowski. But for people that are be scrambling, they're going to go to these companies. They're going to raise their retainers. You know, some of these tax relief companies i'm not talking about tax practitioners talks they are tax practitioners but this these storefronts that specialize in tax controversy which is there are some shady tax attorneys but then these other companies that all they do they're going to raise their rates 
and they're really going to go after uh target these business owners and really take advantage of them because they don't have the knowledge and we may not even have the time to help them so for us tax pros don't like this one thing i'm going to ask you can be in favor of this and that's fine but i ask that if you're not going to help defend your client or defend people come to you for these audits can you please have somebody that you trust that will charge these small business owners fairly and will actually do the work to defend them in an audit that's all i ask because yes i understand that these that there's gonna be more money there and these people should be paid to do real work but there's too many predators in tax defense as is and this is going to encourage even more of that and unfortunately you and i being minorities we know that our people get targeted very unfairly by these companies, it's going to get even worse. That's all I ask. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I will just say one thing, though, that I do want to clarify. I mean, although I do believe what you said about the bank statements is accurate uh, for most things, I do think there's some areas where you need to absolutely have documentation and receipts. Especially well, big ticket, big ticket items. Like, Mm -hmm. fixed assets and construction yes. type stuff and yeah um you know uh, hotel bills stuff like that where engage the letters could, with third parties you know, to verify that i'm not anything yeah you know so because you want to make because for instance yeah. like law firms i'm not saying but you want to make sure the law firm's a legitimate law firm and that you're not laundering money get a tax break because some people do do that stuff so that's why you got to have those contracts yep. uh 1099s are also important very important i know yeah. i know when i first started my business i knew a realtor who had legitimate expenses but she forgot to collect w9s and issue 1099s the irs disallowed those expenses even though they she proved they're ordinary and necessary you have to do the whole process and this is that's the kind of stuff princess talk about with the lack of documentation and again i'm concerned that these predators are really going to take advantage of minority business owners? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it, it, I mean, I know, I, I know there's, I know there's lower end white business owners as well, but it seems to be every time there's reports, it's always minority business owners. They're always targeted and impacted even more. Yep. For, for re, we can talk about another day. So again, tax pros, those of you that want this bill, I hope if it, if it passes, I don't want it to pass, but if it does. I hope Adam, you, and any other that want this are going to be ready to defend your clients and defend the other little guy. You can charge what you want. We just ask you to do it the right way. If you're not able to do it, that you put them with people that will do it the right way because otherwise this is state sanctioned robbery. In my professional opinion. There you go. All right. So I didn't realize it, but we are, this is a really long podcast episode. So I, I think we need to kind of end this, but yeah. uh, it was an important topic. It was a very, um, it's a very controversial topic and one that I think we're both pretty passionate about. Um, and so we wanted to take some time to both not only explain what's in the build to you, but also to uh, explain why we think some of it's good and why we think some of it's bad overwhelming majority of this bill to me is uh negative overall in my opinion 
Um, and I just don't see it working out the way that they're trying to sell it. So at the end of the day, I think, you know, a, a lot of the lower end people will end up getting hit or hurt by this. Um, mark my words. Um, and I think it's, it's not going to really do anything to um, help with inflation. There's a lot of other forces that are in play that are causing the inflation issues. And this is really doing nothing to resolve that. So um, anywho. Uh, any final comments, Eric, before we end the show? Uh, just want to say shout out to Prince uh, Donnell. Shout out to uh, Mr. Matthew Erskine from Forbes. We even give a shout out to Adam for generating this uh, conversation. Thank you, Adam, for giving us material. Yeah, I, I got to say, I don't, I mean, I know you've been following tax Twitter for a while, but I can't remember a tweet on there that has been as highly contested or, uh, responded to is this one to be honest so <laughs> i know I think it's it's pretty uh impressive that it made its way to a national news channel um even though it's late night i mean still that's a legitimate <laughs> i know i, yeah. I also want to i also want to give a shout out to uh a guy that you've done a podcast with which i hope you would release on this channel uh ryan bach learn like a cpa yeah i like you know what he's talking about real estate we got to bring him here uh, we probably should find a way to get a hold of Prince, by the way. I think he'd be uh, a good uh, interview at some point. I, I'm looking at his good. content. He's yeah. and I'm jealous of his beard, man. I got. I want to ask him how he grew that beard. I want to have a beard like that. I know you reached out to somebody else who declined to come on or didn't respond. Um, uh, Duke. Duke loves taxes. Oh, Duke, because Duke yeah. said that the most what he called our license a scam and i challenged him to come talk yeah. about it and i think it's so silly for duke to do that considering that duke has uh, a great following he's got an entertaining yeah. channel i think you've met him i think you've said he's a he seems to be a pretty cool dude uh he you should follow him because he says the funniest things he had a post talk about he couldn't get a rapper client because he didn't have expensive jewelry <laughs> I, I mean, I take what Duke says with a grain of salt, but I would love to have spoken to him about that. But yeah. I, I think Duke, Duke, Duke didn't want to have to. Duke was probably afraid I was going to go after him a little bit because some, yeah. some, some I felt like CPAs tore him a new one for what he said. But yeah. it's the license is not a scam. But I will, I do agree. You do not need the CPA license to do taxes. Duke does a fantastic job right. talking about taxes. He makes it fun. Please follow him. But Duke, if you're listening, we would love to have you. I promise I will not be mean to you, right? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I would just, I'll throw this open invite out there. You know, if there's someone out there that wants to talk about a hot topic or you disagree with something that we're saying on here, you want to come defend your position, we're more than happy to have you on the podcast and we can talk through it and decide what we need to do. So, I mean, it, hey, we're, we're open to that. So <laughs> we, invite, we invite all critics and anybody that's interested to come on on and yes, we can I have mean, a, respectful, we, a respectful debate, you know? Yeah, yes, gonna, yes. I mean, you know, get tensions too high, but we'll we'll definitely debate it. I mean, I we've we've had debates with Laurelyn Wilson. Yep. Um, she's She's been on the show. I've debated her. You know, so we don't discriminate. I mean, listen, we got people in industry. I get texts now. People are comparing us to inside the NBA, which is funny. And I guess for the first time, I had a high profile tax pro DM me. But that conversation, I'm not going to read on air. That I got to keep private. 
<laughs> but now that I get people DMing me saying they don't like what I say, like we have more fans in the industry than, than they want to re- give us credit for, which just say you listen, it's okay. Yeah. Like, I don't get, I'm, I'm not getting paid out of this. I'm not getting a limo out of this. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, everybody. So we'll, we'll end it there. Um, thanks for listening in. Uh, don't forget to like the, the podcast. Give us a five-star review. Um, give us some comments. You know, if you have any questions for us about the, the bill that we talked about today, the climate bill is what I'll call it, not the Inflation Reduction Act. But if you have any questions about that, <laughs> Feel free to uh, hit us up and we'll you know, answer your question on the next episode. So thanks for tuning in and we hope everybody has a good one. See you later. See ya. Thanks for listening to CPA Huddle. Add us to your listening rotation by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Follow CPA Huddle across all social media platforms. And for more information about the services provided by our firms, check us out at www.iljcpa.com or www.pierreaccounting.com. We will be back to huddle up soon.